rather in love with today's guest, Coach Dar, also known as Darlene Santori. She has a new book out called The Art of Bouncing Back. Find your flow to thrive at work and in life anytime you're off your game. And she ended this conversation so beautifully. She said, we're all a pro. She was actually awarded the most inspiring woman for the WNBA and her raise the bar approach shape shifts mediocre attitudes into champion mindsets, reigniting the commitment to personal excellence and athletic stardom. And for those of you who are not in the athlete sphere, you're like, wait, no, that's not me. She does it for Fortune 100 executives, world leaders, artists, entrepreneurs. Truly, she awakens greatness inside every single one of us. And she's going to teach us about emotional mastery, mental fortitude. You might be familiar with resilience concept if you've listened to this show for any amount of time. And so we have a lot in common, but more so than anything, I was just in awe of learning from her and hearing about the fact that she had three strokes over the course of her life. And you guys would never guess when you listen to her, she is brilliant and beautiful and so bold in the way that she shares her face. So I pray that this blesses you. I know that it blessed me and we're so grateful to be connected. Thanks Coach Dar for joining the show. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so excited to have a coach in the house today, like an official coach, because I call myself a coach sometimes, but I feel like the the true coaching, even though I'm not discrediting any of our coach friends out there, our mentors out there, but man, it started my favorite people are coaches, people who are my gymnastics coaches, my cheer coaches, the people who are like, get after it, a little tap on the button, like you can do it, <laughs> right? And you guys are here with Coach Dar, Coach Darlene, and uh, she has been a coach for many years in many different realms of inspiring women, not only in the WNBA, but across so many different leadership realms too. And so we're going to dive in, sister. So <laughs> glad to have you. Oh my gosh. I'm fired up already. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, we're done. We're good. We already have the energy ignite that we needed. <laughs> Thanks so, for having me. No. Oh my gosh, my total pleasure. And I want to dive right in because I know one time is precious, but simultaneous to that, it's like people need what it is that you're offering and what it is that you've come through life on the other side. And it's the gleaning, right? It's the gleaning of why people listen to podcasts. They want to yeah. know I can give them all the bio pieces and I will. Um, but I, I love to know the backstory of how you've gotten to where you are now. And knowing that your newest book is The Art of Bouncing Back, I imagine that there was a season of your life where you were uh, not so much very bouncy and bubbly like you are now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually say in one of the chapters, like you might have me coined as like the cheerleader, the NFL coach, the person I said, but there are some days I even don't want to take my own medicines. Meaning when the days get hard, you're like, God, come on. Like, what is this? But so I started out, I grew up in Connecticut and I have a big Italian family there, which so is like the Sopranos. Yep. <laughs> you just yeah. want to be able to fly on the wall. Oh boy. Stories, but lots of, <laughs> lots of love. And you know, everyone just, I say that early on because my mom had a lot of struggles with her health growing up and she went through a lot of adversity. My mom was a barber. My dad was a tool and die maker. So they struggled. Mm, yeah. So we saw that early on. So while we had a ton of struggle in our life, we just had such community. 
And I honestly, community and faith is what got us through over and over and over. And then I went to school to be an occupational therapist and came out and started taking care of traumatic brain injury patients. So my patients were spinal cord, brain injury, stroke. They were people that were told they would never walk again. They may never be the same person again. They were going to have to find a new normal. So I would come in be their motivator, their coach, their therapist, work on their neurocognitive levels, their brain. Mm. And I had no idea, dear, that what I started on would propel me to where I am today and help me for the things that I had to bounce back from. Wow. Wow. I love how God does that in our lives so intentionally and we have no idea. (laughs) We're like totally blind to it. I always talk about trying to live my life in forethought of the fact that God is good and what he's doing, even in the midst of things that are like occupational, right? Things that are your job or new doors that are opening or closing that he actually is good then, even afterwards, like instead of hindsight, he's always good, but forethought, like it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I could say something. I mean, Jesus had to literally suffer. So how would we think we wouldn't? And (laughs) and anytime I'm going through like the things I had to bounce back from, I was like, okay, if he had to endure pain, well, of course we're going to. So the glory comes to how we stand in the middle of adversity. It really does. So good. Yeah. And I'm sure even I thinking through stroke patients or these people who have had that been told no, like that you're not going to ever walk again. You're not going to be able to ever talk mm-hmm. again or mm-hmm. communicate the same way and then walk hand in hand with them. I'm sure that there was a lot of resilience and perseverance that was kind of accumulated inside of you as firing okay. power when you were in that own season, even if it wasn't the same yeah. physically. Well, the irony of this is yeah. I would literally see my patients and I would leave going, you know, praying for them and and being grateful for life, though, because I saw what happened. And then at 25, while I'm working in the hospital, just got married, bought the book, what to expect when you're expecting, was going to start a family. And, you know, I I just, you know, you think the American dream, you think everything that's going to happen. And then I go to a chiropractor and they manipulate my neck and they rip the artery, the vertebral artery to my brain. So... When I, and so I didn't know at the time I was bleeding in the brain, long story short, I suffered a stroke and I had cognitive visual balance problems. I didn't have paralysis, thankfully, but I will tell you, I thought how in the world am like, I'm not supposed to go through this. Yeah. This is my job. What's happening? Yeah. And I will say, I definitely did not handle it right when I was 25. Mm. Like I did later on because In the part of the bouncing back, I've had three strokes and the last one was just three or four years ago. And I'm much more equipped in handling it than I was when I was 25. Wow. But I say all this too, because I have so much more faith. I have so much more knowledge and the stroke was that much more worse just a few years ago than it was when I was 25. I lost Mm -hmm. more of my speech, more of my balance the ability to do so much. And I bounced back from it, but this is the thing. I will tell you that I have so much more faith in the middle of the storm because I've had to endure so much and help hundreds of thousands of people endure from it that I will say we are so resilient. God is so good. And we always get to the other side. And if we don't, guess what? We're going home. Yeah, there it is. That's so true. There's so much love to that. And like, and then knowing that, the, the process, right? Like each step, when you're bouncing back from anywhere, there's a process. And I think people forget that they just want to get to the other side of it so often. And yeah. we serve a God that is very intentional with process. Yes. Very, very intentional. And he's loving and enduring alongside that pain. Like he knows that you're in pain. He knows that you're grieving. He knows that your body is flailing and not doing what you want it to do. And all the while he's like, I've got you. I'm protecting you. I'm your comforter. I'm your provision, right? So have you ever, I mean, I obviously personally, you were able to do this. Do you ever get to blend like your faith into the way that you serve other people? Whether you said you pray over your patients as you leave, do you ever get to have those conversations with people who were in the middle of that heartache? Yes. So fast forward from when I was 25 working in the hospital, then I went back to school for business. Then I was running companies and then 2008 started my own practice. Cool. That gave me, that's where my faith got even deeper. And I will tell you, 
it's where I was able to mix science, psychology, leadership, and faith. So pending the obviously appropriate client, but faith is always a part that I talk about. And through just, I would say, how it is a thread through my life, mm. even if they're not sure about it, it eventually comes up and they don't know I'm praying over them all the time. Mm, and then good. ultimately it comes where they'll go, I had a basketball player, ju- pro basketball player, just before the start of an NBA game, 20 minutes before game time, we're sitting on the court and he goes, Dar, can you tell me about your testimony with God? I was Whoa. like, do you even have to play basketball? I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. One, but it had been all season. Yeah. He just watched and listened and heard. Come on. And then he was like, I want to learn more. I was like, oh, thank you, God. Oh, that gives my whole body chills right now because that's what it's mm-hmm. for. And like everyone gets to utilize a different methodology to disciple, a different methodology to expand the kingdom. But ultimately that's everyone's calling. Even that NBA player who might feel like his calling is to play basketball, his calling is actually that he's being gifted a platform opportunity to serve and testify. And who knows what that's going to look like. But to think of that moment, like what a treasure, like that propels you into every oh other thing just by living your life though. I think that's where some people get it confusing. Like, how do I evangelize? I have to know the Bible or I have to know every scripture. It's like, no, just live based out of the fruit that is being supplied to you. Yes. Right. Fruit of the spirit. And yes, you know, we may be, as we've heard, the only church someone ever walks into. Yeah. So if we, I, and I will tell you, I grew up Catholic And my mom taught catechism and, uh, I went to everything under the sun. Holy Thursday. I did (laughs) not know the Bible. Like I know now I did not know scripture. So when the turn happened in my life at 33, it was a game changer in my life. And, but what happened is Mary and Vinny are these mentors that I have. She lived through the Holocaust and, but I walked, I got to see faith and love walked out in a way I'd never seen before. And that was like a catalyst for me. And I say Mm -hmm. this because just like I said, we may be the only church someone ever walks into. People are going to come to faith, to love, to know by how we walk out this journey. We are living examples every day. So you could preach it all day. You could put Christian on your profile, (laughs) but if you're not walking it out, it's like putting a wedding band and then not staying you know, Come on. It's so true. It's putting a bad a name to all married people. <laughs> it's yeah. putting a bad name, right? To all Christians. And that is something I've had to deal with a lot from y- understanding that the way that I show up is in that belief and in that knowing mm-hmm. and getting the questions like, well, what kind of Christian are you? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's unfortunate, but I also feel like Jesus probably felt that way with all the Pharisees and mm-hmm. Sadducees. Right. Yeah. And then there were the select few who like, um, Nehemiah and, um, gosh, they came to him in curiosity, Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, tell me more about what it is that you know, what it is right. that you're doing, why and their curiosity, just like that NBA player, is what yeah. was the open door because yes. you were just an act of love, an act yes. of service. And I want to say to everyone when they're hearing us, by no means does this not mean you're not gonna trip, that you're not gonna have <laughs> totally. challenges, that you're not gonna all those things could have happened. It's how then you get back up yeah. from that slip. Because I've slipped. I've made my mistakes, but I would say people are loving. And if they see you trying to get up and make it a better way, oh, that's beautiful. Now keep doing the same thing. Well, that's going to be a little more of a lesson you're going to have to learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, so nowhere are we perfect, but it's, you know, the intention of the person and you know, like, gosh, I really went off the rails. It's like, okay, well, Are you ready to come back? Are you ready yeah. to get back? Are you ready to do the work? That's where it's so beautiful because that's what God wants. He knows we're going to trip up. He yeah. absolutely knows. But he's like, what are you going to do now? And that's why even in bouncing back, it's bouncing back in your faith because mm. we sometimes go off and it's it, recently I've been in the season where I've just so much felt the Lord in my life mm. and you know, it ebb and ebbs and flows and it's, it's, I swear, it's almost as if just when I, I really connected in 33, that it's like in my life at 47 right now that 
it could bring me to tears because it's, I feel I'm so close and I just never want that feeling to go away. That's so good. It's so interesting. I was at a church just a couple of weeks ago and had an opportunity to pray with this guy. Um, his name was Pete. And the whole time he was like sitting in front of us and he was like super uncomfortable. He had like uh, one of those like low hanging muscle shirts on in church, which is a little distracting. I was trying not to judge him, but I was like, I guess he's here. I'm glad he's here. Right. But he has like armpit out because he had his hand around his friend and he was like grunting throughout the entire service. And me and my husband looked at each other a couple of times, even all the people who were with us were like said after church, they were like, we were wondering what was going on. Well, we ended up having an altar call and he ends up giving his life to the Lord. I'm able to like hold his hands and just pray him through that first prayer. And I'm in my car on the way home. And I asked my daughter, like, how is church today? And she's like, oh, it's good. Just kind of like a typical kid response. Right. And I said, let me tell you what happened in our church. So I told her all about it and she's, her eyes got huge and she's like, mama, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, what? And he was like, we were learning about Peter in church today. And we were all praying about how every time Pete would stray, God would always welcome him back. And so she was just, it was a moment I didn't have to do anything and teach a lesson. And so it brought me to this, this memory as you're talking is this understanding of like, there are actually the good people who are praying on your behalf who don't even know sometimes the things that you're walking through, but they see the goodness inside of you and you're still called. Even in your yes. pit, you're still called. So Dar, you'd said something specifically that is intriguing to me because of the things that I like to learn about, which was the mind-body-spirit connection. You mentioned mm-hmm. blending science and psychology and all these places into how you train today. Can mm-hmm. you teach us a bit about that wisdom and how it's connected to the art of bouncing back? Oh yeah. And it's so good. Oh yeah. This is like the good stuff. <laughs> because here I was working in the hospital all many, many years. And then I went, when I was told when I had the stroke, I was left with a blood clot and I was told I could die any day. So it really fueled me because I was like, well, if I could die any day, I want to go live life. And I'm like, I'm going to go fix healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't do. But uh, what I did though was I said, okay, I'm going to go do that. And I ended up running healthcare facilities. But then in 2008, when the recession was hitting, I had gone through a hard time and I was running a company. I decided to start my own at that time. And this is where my walk with the Lord started getting really strong. And Jesus, clearly it was drop your nets and follow moment. And he's like, let's go. So I left a lucrative job, very secure. What I had built to what my family would be like, you've made it. Sure, sure. And I'm like, I'm leaving it all to start my own practice. And they're like, what? (laughs) Is this the stroke talking? Right, 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 right. Like, are you sure to do this medically approved? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're in a recession, Dar, but it was people at that time were struggling, having a hard time, giving up on life. And I thought, wait a minute, I help people overcome the most extreme odds in their life, Mm -hmm. you losing your job or even your finances or any of this, we could get back. It's mindset. So where I'm, this is where God gave it to me. He's like, you know, science, neuroscience, you know, the brain, you know, the psychology of human behavior. You now know leadership from business and you know me. So I literally was like, oh, well, I might not have a form of business plan, but I've got a plan. And I started mixing the things just naturally that I knew that he gifted me with the knowledge and gifts to do and started speaking for free on it, shifting people's mindset, opening their hearts and their mind, being aware that they have the control. And then when I was allowed to share faith, share God, share the transformation. And wouldn't you know, in true form, he was like, great, here you go. And one client after another client after another client and where it's brought me to today that that is my mix of what I do is I help bring the science and the psychology of human behavior to businesses, to CEOs, to founders, professional athletes, leadership. And then when the door is open, or even if I never get to say it, they feel it. They know now I pray every day. I mean, I fall Mm -hmm. short, but they know the fruits of the spirit at a higher level than they would have. That's incredible. It's incredible. I'm, I had just finished the um, book called Thirsting for God, which is about Mother Teresa. 
And uh, you get to hear her little voice like throughout it with different clips. And you have to really pay attention, which is good for me because I can kind of get on autopilot when I'm listening to books and podcasts. Me too. And I had to every single time, like turn up the volume and listen to her sweet little voice. And she positioned Jesus in front of everything that she said. Anytime someone would give her kudos or accolades or like they would tr- even when she tried to get, um, receive the Nobel Peace Prize, she was just like, it's not, it's not mine. And she kept handing it back over. Yeah. And I love that the connection point of your story was when you had this revelation at 33. Uh, part of that story too connected to Pete that I was sharing with you is yeah. he was 29 years old. And we know that Jesus's ministry started at 30 to 33. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I found that there's like this season of people's lives between those age brackets where the Lord just like takes a hold of you. And I just love that it was so paralleled to your faith and your faith walk that you now are seeing fruit in a totally different way than you did before. Oh yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. And it's, um, I'm still in awe of the things that he continues to do. And I think he goes, uh, Dar, I, you know, I created the universe and yeah. the world. Like you're in awe of these connections. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, that's the thing is like, what is little to us is so, is, is a mustard seed to him. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and our mustard seed is, is even more than what he could know that we could even possess. And I have mm-hmm. this constant perspective when he's like, you know, step out of the boat, take an act of obedience He's paying attention to us, but he's omnipresent, paying attention to every other billions of people simultaneously. And we forget that. I think why I love being next to the ocean so much is because I'm reminded that how small my life is and yet how precious it is simultaneous to that. Is there anybody Mm. anywhere that you go or thing that you do that keeps you in that space of humility, similar to how Mother Teresa had that space of humility? It's a big question. Well, Not yeah. to compare yourself to Mother Teresa, but to be like Mother Teresa. <laughs> I one, I, I honestly used to call my mother Mother Teresa, oh, my mom, because she, this woman was a barber who had nothing, yeah. and she would give away her last sandwich. Like she'd be starving, and she'd serve oh. someone. She'd give away her last dollar. So I wow. saw my mom in this generous spirit. So. Hmm. It's, it's, she passed away about three years ago. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I hope I carry a little bit of mother Teresa through my mother, through oh, me, where good. if people know anything that's happened in my life, no matter where it's going, God is in the forefront mm-hmm. and then I'll get through it with God and they'll know it because I believe that, and, and also that they, I say this all the time. I hope most people feel this, but we didn't wake up for us. Mm-hmm. We did not wake up for us. This is not like we, let's have a gluttonous life. If you're blessed with whatever, that's beautiful. But you got up because you're actually on a mission for God. He has you here to use your gifts to serve the world. So when you get up, you're literally not getting up for you. It's not for you to be like, well, let's see what kind of best (laughs) day I can have. I mean, I hope you have a good day. If you get up with the service mindset, now the challenges that come along, you're like, oh, well, I'm in service. I'm on mission. Well, of course I'm going to go through this. I mean, mm. hello. So it's so good. I look at it that way. So I hope in the Mother Teresa line, it's this line of we are getting up in service every yeah. day to serve people. Come and on. that gives you purpose. That is your why power. Like you want purpose? You're serving God's mission. What? Yeah. It, it, that's the part where you're like, are you sure me, God, me? But when you feel that prompting and he's opening a door, there's, I think these pieces of our life and these moments of our life where it's not coincidental. Right. And yet people are like, that's such a coincidence. I'm like, if it's a coincidence, you better run. Cause that's God. You better run into it. Like that is so cool. And there's there, these happen all the time when our eyes are open to them and our spirit is open to it versus us having this closed off, very selfish mentality mm-hmm. towards greed resources. Yeah. You mentioned gluttony, right? And I think money can be a huge part of that limiting understanding because we think resources are only money. And it's like, no, you've got energy, you've got time, you've got joy Mm -hmm. to give, you've got, like we mentioned, all these fruits that need to be passed out and they're only going to be received. Like Mother Teresa passed peace, right? You can't put a dollar sign on peace. 
And I think about that, like people, you mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation, the power of community and community has to come together and we have to utilize our resources better. And the only way to do that is to have our our palms wide open consistently, right? And it's like this communal exchange of what do you have? What do I have? Oh, this is great for this. Let's pass this instead of it being so clenched fist. Yeah. Clenched fist doesn't let anything in or out there you and go. you're already look you're already in fight mode mm. so open open is peace mm. open is flow open is abundance open is mm. goodness open open of heart and spirit so yes be open I'm curious as you're with all these, because that's a lot of different genres of clientele, which is fun because that means every day is different for you Mm -hmm. Um, to be in different experiences, different office settings, different leadership conversations. What do you feel like is like a common through line currently? Because I'm sure it's shifted, especially since 2008, um, that people are like in need of or wanting desperately. Mm -hmm. um, And especially if it's not aligned to faith, what what are people wanting as the answer or solution and why are they coming to you? I really believe ultimately they feel like they want to make a greater impact, whether that's in their sport, their role, their job, Hmm. and they want to make their greatest impact and they're not sure how to do it alone. And this is, these are very smart, very talented people, but they realize it's hard to do that alone. Yeah. And that we're better together. And so being able to come alongside from world leaders to CEOs, to advisors, to athletes, everyone is a peak performer. So I, I, I get optimizers, which is good for me because if yeah. I don't do very good with lazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Likewise, I'm very much there. I'm like, get off the couch and then yes. we'll talk. <laughs> yes. So they're usually optimizers and they're people that want to continue to grow and help grow others. So you could see this consistent parallel that there's a thread of purpose, even to the point I this athlete that while wants to accomplish great things in his career over four years that we've worked together, he'll now go, Oh, dark. Can you help? So-and-so um, and he might need help or he might. And I said, you know how much I love your leadership because it went from me to we now. And understanding. And Kobe Bryant made that shift and made a huge, that helped him in his life. And this player went from me to we. And it's been a game changer because now he's like, well, how do we serve the whole? Because serving the whole, everyone wins. Serving self does not. Come on. That's so good. Do you feel like they need perspective? Do you give them like new strategy? How how do you actually support them from that place? Okay. It really is both because oftentimes it's because I work in such a vast group. I get to bring perspective from many different places that they only get tunnel vision. Sure. Seeing one. And so that helps them. And also I help them see and reframe things a little bit different, shifting their perspective. We go from sometimes it gets so micro that I have to pull them macro to see things, Mm -hmm. which allows them to see the bigger picture and have vision again so they can make the greater impact. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that we can all get guilty of that, especially when we're in a season of quote unquote like high or like seemingly high. <laughs> and I don't know specifically what like other was it the stroke that was kind of what you would consider that I don't even call it a midlife because you were only 33, but was a stroke associated to that burnout season or revelation oh. season? Yeah. It was after the stroke, burnt out from work, divorce. Yeah multiple companies, seeing how things were not done well, making mistakes, everything just came and hit. And I was like, I could keep going down this road yeah, and I could keep making really good money this way, or I could give my life to Christ mm. and I could make for a better way and grow in however he chooses, but his way is going to be way better than my way. Yeah. 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 It's, and it was uh... funny because on um, I was on the 700 Club and they asked me this question where they said, do you feel like you treated your dreams for God's dreams just because there were so many things that I had to pivot? And I said, at first, I was like, well, I go, but hit, 
No. Yes, technically, but but his dreams are way bigger and better than my dreams. So yeah. let's go. That's so true. I, I, you know, we hear that biblically, right? More than you could ask, hope, or imagine. And it wasn't until I was in stride in, I always call it like in pace with the Lord. Um, because I think for mm-hmm. a lot of my season, and also you mentioned the American dream, I talk about this often. The American dream has one pace and that is like hustle hard. It's like grind always, right? Adrenal burnout. It's like all these places where you have this cyclone vision, everything else that's in that path kind of just goes to the wayside, including your family, including your children, including your health, including all of these pieces to Mm -hmm. the puzzle so that we can get somewhere that's ultimately fictitious. It kind of reminds me of like the, the great gold rush, right? Everyone was like flooding to California for what? And they were leaving behind things that were precious and treasured. And so Mm -hmm. when I think about being in tandem with God's pace, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's supersonic and people look at you like, why are you moving so fast? Like you need to slow down. You're, you're going to burn out again, but you feel this, this sense of peace that is unlike the striving associated to accolades, striving for success, striving for all these tangible assets. And I think then there's also the pace in the seasons where we realize that we can slow. And as we slow in rhythm with God, he actually will multiply all the speed, right? How has that been true for you? I can see Wait. you're like jumping at the bit. <laughs> I'm like, I, were you with me when I was at church? Because <laughs> oh, literally on. this woman came up and had a prophetic word for me. Come on. And she, this is this year. And I was in the middle of, it was, it was last 2022, July. And I was finishing the edits on my book. Mm-hmm. My father was in the hospital. He passed in October. So this was July. I actually couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. I never had trouble breathing. They didn't know if it was long COVID. They didn't know. If, I mean, it could have been anxiety. I never had that. Sure. All these things. And I go to church in Nashville where I used to live. And I sit down and this woman has a prophetic word for me. And she said, I see you rowing in the Alps. It's so beautiful. And she's like, but you are rowing and rowing and rowing. And God says, stop. You don't have to keep working this hard. And he drops a motor down into your boat. Ah. And he says, let me take over. And you just need to stop the grind and let me take over. I've got you. And when you let that and you turn around, you see legions of people Mm -hmm. following. And so the message was let go and let God fully. And it's been Literally, that's what's been happening. I mean, it's unbelievable right now. Wow. I have full body chills again. Second time, one episode, we win. (laughs) This is good. He wins. We're just here being present. And I think that's what people are missing is just that opportunity to be present in the current scenario. Because what I see when I think of you being in a rowboat in the Alps, I'm thinking of like just the beauty that's surrounding you and you're so exhausted and you're so intentional on getting to the other side that you're actually missing what's around you. A thousand percent. Right? Gosh. And so since the book came out, where have you have to shift energy towards promoting it? What what has life looked like since preparing for this moment? This is your first book, right? Yes. First published book. And it's been total shift to getting it out there, sharing it, letting it see what impact it's going to do for people's lives. And it was hard actually, because promoting yourself with the book was weird for and still hard. Yeah. But then I shifted it to this is the people's book. Mm-hmm. This is a book that helps people build mental foundation and resilience, which if I could give anyone a gift, it would be the gift of resilience because yeah. I cannot take away the struggle. It was never intended for that. But what we could do is build a good armor to handle the struggle and adversity better. And that's what this book does. And when I talk about it like that, now I'm like, let me tell everyone, because I want everyone to have the tools. I don't, I know it's going to be hard. So please, I've helped a hundred thousand people. I've had three strokes. I've, I've, I, I promise you, I promise you, you get to the other side, but just get the tools under your belt. So when it hits, yeah. you get back 
up in the game faster because we need everyone in this fight. We need everyone. We need everyone in this game. We need everyone to come back to center. We need everyone to kind of stand with us. We need community. So anytime we lose someone, we lose. Mm. So we need to stay in the fight together. That's really good. And I think that like in that battle line, right, when someone is down, generally there's like somebody who stays back and another person like repositions yeah. and based yeah. in the strength and the space in which they're capable of. Yeah. And armor, as you mentioned, is is something that even from an Ephesians 6 perspective of armoring up in in our actual attainable armor from God that's not like physical armor, but it is physical armor. And it helps us in all of these different places, scientifically, psycholog- like psychologically, oh, yeah. emotionally, right? There's emotional resilience connected to all of these things. And it's, it's so unique and for each of us individually, which makes me think of David, right? When he was being given armor that didn't fit him. And right. so how... It, are, can people take this specific strategy and understand that it has such a unique quality to it that it's going to meet each person u- uniquely? Well, because right when you start off, you embrace, it's called embrace the suck. You embrace the adversity for what it is. Because if you don't embrace it, you can't handle it and you can't prepare a game plan. It's like, a, it's like literally a soldier going into battle. The general looks over the hill and goes, yeah, we can't do this. <laughs> Yeah. No plan. No, we're not doing it. Well, we're not going to win the war that way. Mm -hmm. So spiritually, physically, mentally to win the war on this, you've got to start building your armor. And after that principle comes understanding your hard wiring, how God created you. Because that's going to be the first thing because we, you will have a spiritual attack, which will mean you will start to doubt yourself. Am I even good Mm -hmm. at this? Do I even have these gifts and talents? That is not of God. He gave you those gifts and talents. He needs you to use those. So when you put that armor back on of God confidence, I I could lose my money. I could lose uh, my job, my role, but I didn't lose my knowledge. I didn't lose my gifts and I didn't lose God's grace. So get back up and you start building from this. And as you build this, your armor gets stronger and stronger to the point by the principle nine, turn the page. You're like ready to go forward. You've passed the storm. You're on to the next part of it. So it builds for you and builds this beautiful armor and foundation so that you could fight these battles mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. Yeah. I think spiritually is a huge aspect of conversation that we're having continually. And it's that knowing that like this, the principalities right, uh, that are against yeah. us at force and people will say enemies, Satan, a lot of times they, they don't even point to that. They're pointing to themselves and they're discrediting themselves. And it's actually an enemy tactic to give you that chatter, to give you that voice inside of your head, to give you that stop and that halt and the lies, the lies that are just on repeat in people's minds. And it's tradition, it's cultural lies, it's political lies. It's, I mean, we could go down every rabbit hole connected to that. And so the spiritual fight, I think, is the predominant one at this point, because without facing that people will put it as a relational fight, right? Like my marriage is failing. I hate my husband or my, my job isn't working. My boss sucks. And they make it about people. And it's not even about people. It's about this darkness, this element of confusion, this chaos that is trying to distract us from our ultimate purpose. Thousand percent. And when you could identify it and you understand it, now you're prepared. Now you're better to create a plan to go to battle. Good. That's so good. There's so many Old Testament examples I could think of that have to happen and and people just aren't aware of it. And so they'll literally run right into enemy strategy and (laughs) and you will, you will die. Like you, I don't think people understand that. Like when they're not in tandem with the Lord and you're watching people run into, it's like the fly or the bug that goes into the light. You're like, no, don't do it. And you're partially really excited because you don't want mosquitoes around you. (laughs) Like you, I see, see this happening in society so often. I'm like, man, they're going down the wrong direction. And like we individually can only be so bright as a light Mm -hmm. to to turn them home. And that's where that collective community, that collective body comes into play to truly be the city on the hill. So that when they're running, they're like, what's happening over there? (laughs) Right? Yes. And that, that right there is what drew me really to the Lord. Cause Mary who lived through the Holocaust, she, no matter what she went through, she always had this light in her. I met her obviously years later, right. 
But I kept saying, Mary, what? My sister and I, what is this light in you? Like, it's like light source. Hey, we need that. And sure enough, it's the Holy Spirit. And you get filled with it. And now when people say to me, they see joy or light, I'm like, it's the greatest compliment in the world. Because I'm like, I, someone recently I met that is an atheist and I hadn't had a conversation like that. And they said, basically me believing in Jesus, is like believing in Santa. And, ah! just, and, and, and you know what? I wanted to be respectful. Cause I'm like, if this ever, if this person's ever going to come to know the Lord, I want to be loving and honoring to this yeah. person. So I just said, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, I am born on Christmas, so that's all good. We joked around. <laughs> that's awesome. That was a perfect line. What I said, as I said, you know, when you say you love me or you love my light or my resiliency, I'm like, you actually are loving Jesus and you don't even realize it. I'm like, but anything you like about me is Jesus because I wouldn't be me without him. And he's like, oh boy. I was like, I'm <laughs> telling you. So, you know, you, that's such a like simple expression though. Like what a simple way to evangelize because it's not confusing people, especially people who are not in knowing of Christ that have that like attracts like, right. That means that there is an element of Jesus in them that mirrors the element or want to be like you and not like you, but like Jesus, but this understanding of a mirroring, right. Mirroring is such a positive way to get through something. I'm sure you've done tons of studies on that through the development, even through Mm -hmm. the NBA and leadership and things like that. Um, but that is encouraging. It's encouraging to know that it doesn't have to be so difficult the way that we get to show up, especially in the marketplace. So one of the biggest things and people within the community that we serve here on the Fit and Faith podcast is the FIT stands for founders, which you mentioned that you serve, innovators and trailblazers, which are really all within the genre of people that you help. And there's this desire for people to have marketplace ministry. And for them to be able to be able to expand, what are some assets or tools or just nodes of information that you could share with our community of resilience through that lens of being able to sustain a marketplace ministry and knowing that the entrepreneurial world can be difficult? It's it's definitely difficult, but you sustain by purpose. You really sustain. And this is a chapter in the book I call why power over willpower because when you understand your why then you could sustain but when you're relying on your own willpower you lose strength Mm. so why is when we started this like we are on mission for God why is also what you want to make is your own anthem what what, when we're singing back your praises what is the anthem you created that you stand for Mm. And so mine is actually greatness, helping people awaken greatness. That's my why power. It's my why word. I say, get your why. So no matter what my role is, no matter what's in my account, no matter what happens in in the world, I still could get up to a stranger, to a person anywhere. and, And I could help with my gifts, awaken their greatness and help them rise up. Because when we help people rise up and obviously Thankfully, God allows me if I'm helping them, it's going to be in a loving integrity way. So they're going to feel that. So then they start rising up in a better way. So now ultimately, when I say ministry, say you never said the word first, you've never even said Jesus for a while. They're just watching you consistently. So we want to be able to maintain consistency in what we do because they will believe our actions when they see it consistently. So lead with your why, let it be consistent and be honorable in doing it. And then slowly, as you're sharing your story, the ministry just evolves. And like the player did 20 minutes before the game. Can you tell me about your walk with the Lord? You know, that's what's happened when you're walking this out in the ministry, in this entrepreneurial world. And what I loved is, and again, I know people are in all different sectors, but when I was free to go create my own entrepreneurial journey, yeah, gave me a little bit more wiggle room. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have some, you know, HR wasn't coming after me. It's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Like today, I am going to the beach. It's gorgeous outside, <laughs> right? And I'm going to talk about Jesus with this person. <laughs> there and it no is. One gets to tell true. me no. It's yeah. true. 
It's yeah. so true. And I think that consistency piece, right? It, we're supposed to be mirroring Christ uh, all the time. But when I find people like yourself in the industry that I can glean from and I can be like, man, they're doing it. They're ahead of me in this way. They've done something. They've unlocked something that I have yet to unlock. When I'm gleaning, I'm only gleaning because of the consistency. Because yes. when people waver or I see that they're like, even posting, right? People are like, how did you get where you're going? I'm like, well, my podcast has been live for five years. I've never missed a week ever, right? And so people are, oh, wow. Well, I started and then I stopped and then I started and then I stopped. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm proud of you for starting the stopping we need to work on because there's a reason that you're stopping. And generally, like you would have said, probably they're not anchored to their why enough. Absolutely. Yep. No, there's a Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. There is the belief of why, right? So understanding mm-hmm. your why, believing that why, anchoring in it every single day, creating yeah. habits and rhythms and routines connected to that why, oh. it allows you to, it sounds kind of boring, to be honest. As I'm saying it out loud, people are like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's I, not. Listen, my role is to recognize the patterns in the greats and help the greats. And I will tell you, Everything that anyone's ever done that's great is boring. It's meaning, meaning the mundane is what they do really well. So the player that I know that has the best three point shot, he practices every day, a hundred shots over and over, goes to sleep, gets up, practice, recovery, uh, nutrition, game time, next city, same thing over and over. So it looks like pizzazz on the TV, yeah. but the behind the scenes is Groundhog's Day. I promise wow. you. <laughs> Groundhog's Day. That's Literally, good. it's the same. And then you have the entrepreneur yeah. every day. Get up, calling, doing this. Now, we may have different sectors, sure. but it is the consistency. You want your marriage to be good? Do the mundane really well. Come on. It's good. You want your faith to be good? Do the mundane with it every week. Do it really well. You want your, you want to reach great heights in your business. Do the mundane really well. So good. It makes me think of my husband. Yeah. Like like he is, he loves to hike. So he'll do like 14ers. There's a a bunch of them around the United States. I'm sure eventually he'll do some summits abroad as well. But he always just says, he's like, there's only one way to the top. There's literally (laughs) one way you have to take another step right? You might take breaks, but ultimately you can't go anywhere unless you have a helicopter resource that I don't know about that. You've got to take the step. And even if you took the helicopter, it doesn't really count. So walk it out. Like, right. I think of that like song, walk it out, walk it out. Right. We've got to walk it out and walking. I'll be honest, Dar, like for me, there's always a conversation of like meditation, the -hmm. conversation of like, where's, what is your prayer life? Like, what is your prayer closet? Like, um, and I'm not so good at that quiet time uh, mm-hmm. because I love, I love to be on the move and I love God mm-hmm. to be like whispering and actually shouting like, Tamara, I'm like, what's up? I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> but I had to really, really harness in what is quiet time for me? What mm-hmm. does meditation look like? Because that can be boring or it can be exhilarating. And I think you've done such a great job just sharing with us the tiny little shifts in our mindset and perspective, even just on this show, that could literally change the trajectory of our success, whatever that looks like to the people. So what I want to say to that is, there's a way to be in awe, even in the stillness. So Mm -hmm. you and I, who love to be in motion and create and connect and all that, in the quiet time, even if it's one minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, that one scripture Mm. that comes to life for you, that one sitting in silence that you get the stroke of genius. So it's finding the awe, even in the silence, because Mm. it'll come if we just make the consistent time for it. And consistent, like I said, some days it's one minute, some days it's 20 minutes, some days it's an hour, but it just depends. But look to be in awe, but to be in awe of Mm. something the mountains, the ocean, anything, you have to be willing to be present. Without presence, there is no awe. So, so good. You guys, I hope that this blessed you. I'm sure that it did. I always show up and know that it's going to bless me and I feel extra measure of that today. Coach Jar, I thank you so much. I want everybody to get their hands on this book, The Art of Bouncing Back. What's the name of it? It's uh, To Find Your Flow, To Thrive at Work and in Life Anytime You're Off Your Game. 
It's so applicable on so many levels. So whether or not you attribute yourself in the founder, the innovator, or the trailblazer category, uh, she's worked with athletes in the NBA, the M- NBA, the MLB, the MGA, the NHL, I mean, all the places. And I know that there's a ton of athlete lovers on the call. So even you as an executive, I think we're considered athletes. We do it over and over, right? <laughs> and I work with the executives too. Everyone do. is their own pro. Everyone's their own pro. God. Oh, there it is. I love that. And we are experts are 10,000 hours, right? And that's who's listening to this show. So I appreciate you so much. Continued blessings and favor over your ministry. Your business is a ministry and we're so excited to get to know you more. Thanks again. Oh, this was such an honor. Thank you so much. All right. Quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast, talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.